It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon, Northern California. Welcome. Just about five minutes after the hour, 5 p.m., as we welcome you to another edition of Lifeline. Keeping you company Monday through Friday at this time, as we typically do, addressing issues that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. A very special guest joins us on this edition of the program, the senior pastor of a ministry that's had an impact in the greater San Francisco Bay Area for well over a generation, in fact, arguably almost two complete generations. Founded in the San Francisco Bay Area in 1965, what a delightful and joyous legacy of impacting the Bay Area for Christ. Joining me is the senior pastor of Shiloh Christian Fellowship in Oakland, Pastor Javier Ramos. Pastor Ramos, a delight to spend some time with you today. Great to be with you, Craig. Let's let's start uh, right out the gate, because undoubtedly many of our listeners have heard through the grapevine or perhaps read of the recent loss of Pastor David Kitely, who, of course, along with um, with his mother, Violet, helped start this church um, as immigrants to the Bay Area from Canada, as I recall, clear back in 1965. And he certainly has left a major imprint, not only on the church, on the Bay Area, but of course, on your life, too. So I just wanted to start our conversation today by acknowledging the loss, as well as celebrating with you the, the tremendous homecoming um, as uh, David has gone on to be with the Lord. Yes, thank you so much. Pastor David was truly, as we shared earlier, the real deal. He was one of a kind. Um, and Shiloh Church was so honored to have a man, a founder of such integrity, wisdom, the anointing, to not just serve the body of Christ, but the city, our city, Oakland, and the Bay Area and world. And he's going to be missed by his family, myself, my wife, kids, his wife, Marilyn, Kitely, the whole family and people around the world. He he made a huge impact. One of the things I shared at his burial that uh, uh, the Lord just brought to me as I was staring at the oak trees at Mountain View Cemetery was that's really when you know a man's impact is when that tree is uprooted and you see the drip line and the effect that drip line had. And uh, I believe we're going to continue to see fruit that remains. We're going to carry on his legacy of just being a place that's a multicultural, all races being reconciled, loving God. We're going to love people real well. And we're going to serve whoever needs to be served with the love of Jesus. So it is, it's an honor to just take that baton and run the race and press towards the mark of the high calling. And we're going to, we're going to do him proud. We're going to do him proud. And what a joy to sort of carry that torch of that legacy on a foundation at Shiloh that has been built up, as we say, well over 55, 56 years now. And one of the interesting things about Shiloh, and, and I'm sure many Bay Area folks are aware of this, but newcomers perhaps not so, is the fact that when David and his mother, Violet, started started the church in Oakland in 1965, I think arguably it was one of the, if not the first, quote-unquote, diversified or integrated churches in the San Francisco Bay Area. Now, today in 2021, a lot of churches are waking up to this idea, oh, we need to kind of reflect our community. We need to make efforts towards 
being open and inclusive and making sure that church on Sunday looks more like not just the Bay Area demographics, but the demographics of heaven, quite frankly. But quite interestingly, this notion of inclusion, diversity, and reflecting not just, as I say, the Bay Area, but reflecting what heaven will look like, has been the hallmark of this ministry since the very get-go. In 1965, this is not just something that you did. I mean, it was completely unheard of. That's right. And not only that, just a Bible study that started in the midst of the civil rights movement. Here's this short Irish white woman from Canada starting a Bible study in an African-American lady's house, Mrs. Porter's home. And from there, they asked her to start a church. And Pastor Violet didn't want to do a church. She had done church. And as a woman, it was just difficult. She had felt that heat. And that's how Shiloh was birthed. And it's always been an intentional action of including all people from every walk of life, of every background and all nations. And you'll see it in the doorway as you walk in from our back parking lot, all nations gathering to Jesus. That's always been our heart. And to this day, that is Shiloh. We have over 50 nations represented there, 24 African nations alone. And and not only there, I think the amazing story of Shiloh is here's this little Oakland church, right? I always think of Jesus when they said, what good thing could come as a Nazareth, especially with all that's going on in Oakland right now. That was, I heard the Lord say that what good thing can come out of Oakland. I believe there's a revival coming out of Oakland and out of Shiloh, we are literally touching the nation. So we've got Bible college in in, uh, Ethiopia. We've got a Shiloh in the Philippines. We've got ministry now that's in China. Now we have two, three generations of missionaries that are actually going into the Middle East right now. As we speak, they are in the Middle East um, spreading the gospel. And it's all because of the faith of this one woman, this one man who said, yes, Lord, we will serve all people as you want us to. And we've seen a city changed. And I believe we're in a mode right now to see our city changed. We need peace. We need the shalom for our city, for Oakland. Right now, we were just praying that this morning, my wife and I, over our city. Uh, We need the peace of God. And that only comes when we display the love of Jesus Christ. And, you know, the irony is, as often is the case when there are spikes in violence, we've seen some Pretty significant tragedies in Oakland. A high homicide rate during this year. Uh, The tragic death of a barely two-year-old boy on the freeway, just innocently traveling with his family and the victim of uh, a stray bullet in in what may apparently turn out to be some gang warfare-related nonsense on the 880 freeway. And we see this, and then there's typically a call. We need to do something. We need to call a commission together. We need to have a meeting at City Hall. And, and, And while... All of that may be components of the answer. You and I know that at the core, the real answer here for any community, not just Oakland, San Francisco, it could be Timbuktu. The real answer when you see this kind of conflict going on really comes to the the necessity for a change of heart, doesn't it? Meaning these individuals that are lashing out and acting this way are doing so because there is something absent in their life. 
That's right. And our only hope is Jesus. It's not politics. It's not a political party. I always say Shiloh's purple. We got a little red there. We got a little blue there. We've got some elephants there. We've got some donkeys there. But it really is Jesus. The Bible tells us that it's only the Holy Spirit that can change the heart of men. And it's really only him. I mean, I was born and raised in Oakland. I was not a Christian all my life. Um, It was actually the love of our founder, Violet Kiteley, that changed my heart. She touched me one day and blessed me, I found out later, and it ruined me for the world. But as we as believers go and touch our community and bless them, not judge them, not condemn them, not point the fingers, but if we orient them to Jesus, not to a political party, not to a way of life, but if we orient them to Jesus, he will do the miracle. We forget, I think, that salvation is not just a prayer. It's a supernatural work. The Bible says we become a new creation, and we need to believe, and we need to push the gospel message of Jesus Christ. You know, I just returned from Ethiopia, and I had them share with me. They said, you know, Javier, you guys are preaching something over there we don't understand. And we were sharing with the team there and that that in America, we're sharing a gospel that would not be effective in other nations. And if it is the gospel of Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if it's a Canadian woman sharing it in an African-American lady's home. It doesn't matter if it's a Hispanic man in the sticks of Ethiopia or out in the underground church in China. If it's the gospel, it relates to all men, to all women. It should draw them to Jesus. They should un- encounter unconditional love, not, not rules, not regulations. But as we know, Jesus always met people where they were at. And that's our job as a church. Meet people where they're at. Don't let them come to us. Don't wait till they come to you. Meet them where they're at. And you will have a woman at the well experience and see cities coming to Jesus. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Pastor Ramos, because that that sense of that none should perish. And, uh, you know, the 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 um, the the time celebrated passage from John 3:16 that some people I think kind of gloss over because they've heard you know for God so loved the world but we forget the world is and and for God so loved I mean that that's really integral to the message conveyed in that brief passage of scripture in that this message of hope this message of reconciliation this message of healing is the same message for all time for all mankind. And if we say for some reason, well, we took the gospel to this country or that community and it didn't seem to resonate, then maybe we need to check ourselves and our theology at the door because the the pure unadulterated preaching of the message of salvation and reconciliation is one that resonates with all because God in his infinite wisdom set this up so that none should perish, but all should experience everlasting life. And and that's the exciting thing about the work that God is doing in and through the ministry of Shiloh. And that is the sense of not only sharing a message that impacts all lives everywhere, but it's also not just here in Judea. Remember, Scripture says Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And that, that sense of global missions has yes. also been a key component for Shiloh since the very get-go, hasn't it? 
It is. Um, our heart is here in our city, but it's also the world. And, 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 and the beginning of that scripture, right, that Jesus said, it was that important. Jesus says, it's better for you that I go. I mean, think about it. Man, God made flesh. God, man, says, it's better for you that I go. It's better that I'm not with you, but that my Holy Spirit be in you so that you can be witnesses it says as you begin that scripture, so we could be witnesses, so we could tell the story of, look what God has done for me. And that's really the message now that we take all around the world. As I mentioned, I was just in Bahadar, uh, Ethiopia, a um, hundred miles from Tigray, while that awful conflict's going up there. And we were in a room with every gen- every denomination in Ethiopia, including the Orthodox Ethiopian leaders, the president of the Orthodox Church. We were celebrating 170 graduates, some of them, their key leaders, and they said, after 3,000 years of religion, all of a sudden, God's word has come alive to us because of the Holy Spirit. There was a shift. And if we're preaching the gospel, we're unifying people. We're amplifying his kingdom. We're multiplying disciples and we're bringing glory to God. This isn't a Pete's and Starbucks thing. I, I prefer Pete's, to be frank. I, I love Pete's. Um, everybody at Shiloh knows I love Pete's. This is not a Pete's and Starbucks thing. This is a kingdom of God thing. Jesus, you know, Jesus preached more than love, prayer, all of that. He preached more about the kingdom of God is, is at hand. And I believe what he was trying to teach us is you could do it your way or God's way. And God's way will always go against our feelings, our ideals, our comfort, but God's way is only the best way. And not only is it the best way for other people, it is the best way for each person that does it God's way. Because the Bible says that Jesus came not to just give us life, but an abundant life. He doesn't want just our our fire insurance paid and so we don't go to hell. He wants us to experience heaven on earth. And so that's why we believe we go everywhere. I've been in the underground church. I've been, I tried to sneak into uh, Syria, but uh, they wouldn't let me. They told me they'd give me a, a fake passport, but I said, no, I don't think that would be good for me to do. But I tried that. Uh, we will take the gospel anywhere, um, to wherever we, and if, if we have God's heart, we will have a heart for all people. That includes people in the Middle East. That includes these people that popped off those bullets and killed poor Jasper Wu. Our desire should be right now, one, they get caught, brought to justice, but two, that they encounter Jesus and get saved. Like God, we should desire that none should perish. You know, God's preoccupation is the lost. You know, you have a whole book in the Bible, Luke 15, where it talks about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost person. And that's God's heart, the lost. And when we do the thing that captivates God's heart, that's when we see miracles. That's when we see the supernatural. And I'll tell you, the city of Oakland, our Bay Area, California, the West Coast needs to experience that right now. And I just want to share, I believe it's teed up and ready to go. But we need to step out. We are plan A. There is no plan B. The church, people, imperfect vessels, being witnesses, sharing, look what God's done in my life. Not preaching the gospel. I always tell people my pulpit only has a certain sphere, but every person in their workplace, on their commute, as they go buy their pizza or even Starbucks coffee, whatever it is, we have an opportunity to be conduits of the very presence of the Lord and see lives change. Craig, I've never had one person tell me, don't pray for me. 
whether that's a waitress servicing me, a barista making me a coffee, somebody I just bump on the street and I just feel the Lord say, hey, ask them how they're doing and ask if you can pray. I have never once had anybody say no. And, and I believe people are open to God. I think it's just God's kids who have maybe acted up a little bad. Pastor Javier Ramos from Shiloh Christian Fellowship in Oakland, our special guest today. Let's take a brief time out. We'll come back to more of our conversation right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. Pastor Javier Ramos, Senior Pastor of Shiloh Christian Fellowship of Oakland, our special guest today. And Pastor Javier, let's just pick up where we left off. Sometimes we get the impression that, uh, well, evangelism, I I don't really feel comfortable with that. After all, I'm not a pastor. I don't have a degree. So I'll be happy to show up to church on Sunday, fill a pew, drop a little bit of money inside of the offering plate, and we'll leave it up to the pros, completely negating the fact that God calls each and every one of us to go and to make disciples and to to replicate the experience that we've had with Christ in the lives of others. And, And as you point out, I think sometimes we want to make this overly complicated. Well, when I've memorized the entirety of the Bible or when I feel comfortable in answering any possible question they may hit me with, well, my goodness, the church today wouldn't exist if the early church had taken that attitude. You had this ragtag group of 12 people who while having walked with Christ, um, other than access to the Old Testament, the Torah, the, the New Testament was still being written, and all they had to rely upon was the Holy Spirit. That's right. And, and the story. And the story. And their own That's resurrection right. power story. See, it's all not, covered by the word and the power of their testimony, right? That's right. Not just the story of Jesus crucified, but Jesus crucified and risen. They were witnesses to the resurrection and the life. That's why Jesus showed up to Lazarus's funeral on the fourth day, not to raise him from the dead. Remember, he said, I did it to show you I am the resurrection and the life. And I don't know if you know this, uh, Craig, or not. Um, I'm actually bivocational on purpose for what you just shared. I, I actually, um, I, I've taken a lot of Bible college classes, but I actually studied cellular molecular biology. I actually oversee the water quality before and, get, before and after it gets treated for East Bay mud. So I do all the regulatory work for East Bay mud, and I'm bivocational on purpose because what I tell my church, and especially men, because we're very boxy, I say, you know, just like every person in the pew, we're saying, God's what you were saying is calling you to be an evangelist. I do the same thing. So my role as senior pastor is just a part of the body of Christ. It's not any more important, any more valuable. We are all just parts of the body needing to do what we've called, what God's called us to do. And you're right. Witnessing is not quoting a bunch of scriptures. Witnessing is, is telling people, look at who I was and look at who I am now. If I, I would have never been able to tell you 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that this is where my life would be. But I will tell you, Craig, without being ashamed, and I have a lot of people at church, you know, they feel, oh, poor Pastor Javier. That's why I get so much Pete's cars. Oh, you're such a blessing. You're so busy. You work at East Bay Mud, and and you, you're this pastor of Shiloh, a big church, and you must be so exhausted. I'm not, because I'm doing the thing God's called me to do. I, you know, I hear about pastors going on sabbatical and all this, and, and, and that's fine, but I'm not burnt out. I'm excited about what God's doing. I'm doing what he's called me 
to do. And I always tell people, don't feel bad for me. I truly am living my best life right now. And But this is just a part, all of us together. And you know, by, by serving this role, and I've done it since I've become senior pastor, seven years now, and by me, by me taking this role, I've seen more men at the altars praying for people. I've seen more men at the altars receiving Jesus. I've seen more men stepping up and saying, okay, I'm ready to play my part. I'm ready to be the man God's called me to be because he wants us to be men and women of God wherever we're at. He doesn't want us to leave them in the sanctuary. God wants us to take them home with us. He wants us to take them to work with us. And you watch. You ask my wife. I send her texts all the time. I don't know how I'm in this room. I don't know how I'm praying for this person. But here I have somebody in my office. I'm praying healing. I've seen my janitor at East Bay Mud be healed of cancer because he knew who, he, who I was. He comes into my office, tells me his situation, and I get to pray for him. I've seen people come to me counsel because of the death of family members. I've seen people ask me to pray for their family. And I tell you, I've seen God do amazing things. I love what I do on the Sunday of preaching. I, I love that. Um, you know, it's not what I wanted to do, but I do love it now. I've grown to love it. But I love that one-on-one contact as well. And that's what people need. They need that one-on-one contact. They need that relationship. They need to know people care about them. They're learning. I believe we've, if anything, we've learned through COVID, a like on Facebook is not love. That thumbs up is not love. We need people. Actually, the Bible tells us forgiveness comes from God, but healing comes through people. Healing comes through people into other people's lives. And that's how we see people heal. I always tell people, God judges, Jesus saves, the Holy Spirit changes the heart of men. And our call is to just love without condition, without condition. Pastor Javier Ramos from Shiloh Christian Fellowship in Oakland, our special guest today. Let's take a brief time out. We'll come back to more of our conversation right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. Pastor Javier Ramos, Senior Pastor of Shiloh Christian Fellowship of Oakland, our special guest today. And Pastor Javier, let's just pick up where we left off. Well, and what I love about your sense of that that tent making that allows you to, what does Scripture say, to go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. You know, sometimes we think the church should just be, well, we have a nice sign out front, and every week pastor puts a cute saying up on the reader board, and that, that'll bring them in. And then, you know, if you occasionally mention to somebody you're going to church, that should suffice. But Scripture doesn't say that. It says to go out and compel them to come in. And I think if we live that life that is changed, radically changed, through a relationship with Jesus Christ— I think, Pastor, what you're talking about, the core, is that people will see something different about us and say, there's something about you that I see lacking in my own life, and I find your life compelling. So what's the secret? And, you know, it's interesting. We think these days about uh, so-called influencers. There are people that have followers on Facebook, followers on YouTube, followers on Instagram. And then you you talk to a neighbor or friend, somebody at work, and they say, oh, I'm on this new diet. I'm taking this new vitamin. Well, where did you learn about it? Oh, I heard this person. We tend to be followers. We tend as human beings to hear somebody else's story and off of that, then make decisions for our own. Imagine how different the Bay Area might look if there were more and more influencers for Christ, people that are living out what true discipleship 
is and means and living a life that folks around us find compelling so that individuals would say, I don't want to get on your vitamin regimen or your exercise regimen or buy your cosmetic products or whatever, but rather I want to know more about your Jesus. Wow. Wow. How we could see the Bay Area of the world transformed for Christ if we just spend a little bit more time in that whole arena of influencing and compelling. That's true. I I believe that with my whole heart. I actually believe that's why the church is a little frustrated right now, you know, yelling and screaming about the whole wrong thing, because we're trying to conform to something that we're not. We're called to be a peculiar people, a different people, a rise above it people. Think about it. Jesus, the disciples, you want to know a horrible government system, go see the Roman Empire and hear Paul saying, pray for them. Paul saying, bless them. Actually, Jesus, when he gets off the Mount, Mount, Mount after preaching the Beatitudes, after that famous sermon on the Mount, the first person he goes and does a miracle for is a Roman soldier. And what did the Bible say? He marveled at him because of his faith. He understood who Jesus was. And the religious said, oh, this guy's worthy of you. But this man understood there's nothing we can do. The one that's worthy is Jesus. And that's what the world needs to hear. We're not the solution. That diet's not the solution. That uh, that 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 new workout regime is not the solution. Now, don't get me wrong. Take care of our bodies. I believe we got to do that. I, I'm, I'm working on that myself. But... I also believe we're called to be different and we're called to go. The Great Commission doesn't say stay. We always tell people go, go and make disciples of all nations. I believe the Bible says all of creation is groaning and we hear it. You turn on the news and you hear creation groaning, complaining. And it says all of creation is groaning. It's waiting for the sons and daughters of Christ to be revealed. So I just want to encourage you all, take the mask off. Tell the story, as Craig shared, that Revelations 12 scripture, right? We overcome. Not only do you, but our cities will overcome. Our nation will overcome as we share the blood because of the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. What's our testimony? Our story. All of us have an amazing story. You know, I shouldn't have been saved at 15 and a half. I should have died. I was raised by a single mom. I was a Hispanic man in Oakland. You tell me this Statistics. I before before Jesus BC before Christ. I got kicked out of OUSD. I got kicked out of Oak Skyline High School. I got kicked out of Dewey Continuation School, Havens Court Independent Study, and then got got kicked out of. I mean, who gets kicked out of Oakland Unified School District, the worst school district, not just in the nation, in the world? I got kicked out of it, and yet God saved me because people shared Jesus with me. Because a little lady, when I tried to go get a car uh, at at the age of, uh, I think I was 13 at the time, that my mom had found the keys of, and she was at a women's conference at Shiloh Church, and I go down there, skater dude with bleach hair and earrings, saying, where's my car? My mom's like, what are you doing? This little lady touches me, turns, I turn around, and Craig, I'm ashamed to say, I called her every name in the book. I cursed her out. My future grandmother-in-law. And... uh, I got my keys. I took off. Later on, when I got saved, first person I called to ask for forgiveness was Pastor Violet. And I said, that time, I I cursed you out, Pastor. I'm so sorry. And she said, and and, and if you knew the way she spoke, she said, it's okay, dear. All I wanted to do was touch you and bless you. Mm -hmm. She touched me and blessed me. She didn't hold a grudge against me. 
After I got saved, she'd send me tapes and bulletins of Shiloh Church. And when I came back to the Bay Area, um, that was the place I landed. I'm never thinking I would become the pastor. At that point, all I wanted to do was serve Jesus and, you know, f- clean the toilets, which is what I did at Shiloh, or or work the doors and welcome people. And it was all because one person touched me. And I just want to tell the, how, the, the body of Christ right now, if you understood the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, the ability to raise dead people to life, if you would just touch people and not curse them, not speak bad of them, but bless them, touch them, bless them in the name of Jesus. We would see peace in Oakland. We would see revival break out. Our nation would never be the same. We would see people coming to Jesus in hordes. And Craig, I believe God wants to do right now what he did in the old early church, and that's multiply people. There's a mighty harvest, and God's waiting on us, the bride, his bride to step up and realize who we are in Christ. We're a different citizenship. We're a different bloodline. We're part, we've got promises that are untapped yet. And I just want to encourage everybody, if I can, Craig, come on, let's, let's, what a better time of the year, November, December. What a better time of the year to bless some people, bless your neighbors. You know, that neighbor you haven't talked to, maybe you have a grudge with, bake them some brownie, take them turkey, invite them over for Thanksgiving. What a better time. There is no better time, I believe, than right now for us to do what God's called us to do, which is to be a blessing to humanity, to desire that none should perish, and to go and make disciples, not believers, disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. Pastor Javier Ramos from Shiloh Christian Fellowship in Oakland, our special guest today. Let's take a brief time out. We'll come back to more of our conversation right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. Pastor Javier Ramos, Senior Pastor of Shiloh Christian Fellowship of Oakland, our special guest today. And Pastor Javier, let's just pick up where we left off. We have such a tendency to want to return anger with a nasty word. Um, We want to bring retribution and revenge instead of reconciliation and restoration. And yet the very core, the heart of the gospel is about reconciliation and restoration. God being desirous of being reconciled unto his creation, walking in restored fellowship. And that works not only on the vertical plane, but on the horizontal plane as well. And I'm struck by what you'd mentioned in terms of what you've seen and experienced firsthand in the African continent, for example. Now, the news will talk about civil unrest and military coups in Sudan, problems in Sierra Leone, Nigeria, Kenya, with an explosion of the influence of Islam in both of those countries. And it all seems to be nothing but bad news, bad news, bad news. But the reality is Christ is working in phenomenal ways all over the world. There are countries on the African continent that are right now in the throes of massive degrees of revival. A country like communist China, where at least politically we hear being denounced and decried every day. If it isn't for COVID, it's for trade policies. And yet the church is growing at 10,000 per day in communist China. Yes. So we get caught up on all the political issues. And what's the old adage? Uh, you know, if, if, it, if it bleeds, it leads on the six o'clock news. And it seems to be all woe and misery. But the fact of the matter is. The Holy Spirit is moving amongst us, and God is pouring out his spirit 
accomplishing his goodwill, changing lives, drawing people to him day by day by day. And maybe the issue here, Pastor, is, is if the local church is not seeing it, that isn't a reflection back on God. That's a reflection back on us, isn't it? It is. We're stuck in our buildings. We're stuck in our homes. Obviously, the Lord has kicked us out of the building. And, 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 and I do believe, and I share this with our church and any leader that'll listen, this will go on as long as necessary until the church wakes up. And I believe it's time for the church to wake up. But you're right. We're hearing of miracles, missionaries we know, people we interact with in all those places, the Middle East, supernatural healings, um, a woman with MS just healed literally instantaneously. They were about to actually um, execute themselves on, on live TV. And that was their deal. If God heals my mother, we won't do it. They were healed. Uh, Pastor Dennis Balcom, one of Shiloh's first missionaries in China right now, his visa has been revoked for seven years now because of uh, this, the work of the ministry there. Over 10, 12 million people who've come to Jesus through that ministry. But he'll tell you right now, as the as China's tightened up and even shut down the government-run church, right now, the church is exploding. See, with, with opposition for God, that's opportunity. Uh, and you see that underground church. We know the underground church in Yemen, Iran, Iraq is growing leaps and bounds. Two years ago, 500 um, small churches of about 20 people underground. Now they're growing. My son, I, I won't say the name of the country. I just uh, sent them back to the airport yesterday. He's working with Sudanese and Syrian refugees and Muslims in Northern Africa and in a nation in Northern Africa. And he said, Everywhere you go, you begin sharing about Jesus and people want to hear. They want to hear about the miraculous, the supernatural, and they pray for them. And, and they say, we, we've never experienced this kind of love before. Even though we talk bad to you, you continue to love us and show us the love of Jesus. You know, there's this great story, Craig, real quick. I met this couple. I was just in Lebanon. They're working with the Syrian refugees. And this couple... Both of them lived in mainland China. They were second and third kids. They were undesirables. When the government come around, they'd hide them. Well, a missionary came, shared Jesus. They got saved. They're now in Lebanon sharing the gospel to people, seeing Syrians and Muslims come to Jesus, hear people that were hidden, people that don't even have a birth certificate. The Lord healed them, saved them, gave them an identity, and they're making a difference around the world. And, and they, here we are. And they get a birth certificate now that, that that's even more important because that's now, right. while there yeah, may not be a register at the county clerk's office, they've been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen? That's correct. And that's and that needs to be our focus. That's, that's some Thing that I learned from Pastor David, um, that Jesus wasn't a option for him. He was his only option. It wasn't that God was a blessing in his life. God was the only blessing in his life. He leaned completely into that. And if God told him to do it, he would do it. And I just want to encourage the church right now. This is the time. Let's get out of politics Let's get out of all this mass stuff and let's focus on Jesus. Let's be a blessing to people. Let's touch people and bless them in the name of Jesus and watch. Watch how people, grown men, I've seen it. I've seen the tattooed guy just got out of jail and I've hugged him and had to hold him up as he sobs and experienced the love of Jesus just because somebody says, I love you. I care for you. And I, my life 
I'll just say this, Craig, my life was changed. My dad left when I was 12. My life was changed because I went to a church, Shiloh. Shiloh is really the only church I've known. I went to a church where men, grown men, would love me, would put their arms around me. Men of, of stature would, would speak life into me. After I got married, they check in on me. Hey, uh, Melinda, how's Javier? Is he a good, he a good uh, husband? You need my fist or anything? Let us know. But those things spoke volumes to me, the influence. And see, that's God's desire, the conduit, his presence. There will be a day where he'll come and heaven will be on earth. But until then, we are God's people, are God's conduits of his power, of his Holy Spirit, of his healing. We are conduits of heaven on earth, his presence, earthen vessels, perfect, no, far from it. But he wants to use the, us, our imperfect ways, our weaknesses to show his strength. And, and God will use, and I'm glad I'm one of those foolish things God's used to confound the wise. Confound the wise, that's right. Well, and, and I'm, and, I'm blessed. And, and, and I tell you, I just want to encourage everybody speaking, uh, hearing me right now share, lean in all the way into God. Give him this year. Maybe you've been halfway in partway in, go all the way in, give him a year of your life. That's what we always say at Shadow. Go all in for a year. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, your life will never be the same. It will be the best life. It'll be a fulfilled life. This life has nothing to give you. Cars wear out, houses burn down. But I'll tell you, the thing that lives on forever, the eternal things are the things that matter most. And I just want to encourage, let's lean into that. The world needs the church to rise up like never before. And I'm afraid we've gotten a bit distracted. We think that politicking or protesting is the answer. And the reality is, Scripture tells us that praying and preaching, that's the answer. That's the answer to what ails our communities, our society today, our nation. And, I had, uh, yeah, I, I had pastors ask, what are you guys doing during this pandemic? You know, some took contentious approach. We didn't. We said we were, we went to our city and say, how can we serve? And so we actually brought 25, 30 churches together four times during the height of the pandemic in front of City Hall in Oakland and prayed for our cities. Wow. And you know what they said? Please keep doing this. This was city officials. And when they would call and other churches would say, we want to do the same thing, they'd say, no, no, collaborate together. Call Shiloh and you all do it together. Not, it wasn't for Shiloh, but we, weren't, we had different people preaching, different people praying for different things. Us together, we were marching around Lake Merritt and BLM. This was the height of Black Lives Matter. And they were going around. It was getting a little violent in our city. We went there and we were just worshiping the Lord we were, we were praying and they came to us. They began to worship and pray with us and, and, and come together. And that's all we've done. That's, I believe, that's that point of that, that oil in the water, right? Yeah. I, I, I believe Black Lives Matter. People have asked me, what do you think? I believe Black Lives Matter. I mean, Shiloh is a test that. I believe Black Lives Matter. And I care about um, African-Americans. I care about Africans. I care about all people. I want to see them experience God. I want to encounter them where they're at. And if somebody tells me I feel uncared for, if somebody tells me I feel uncared for by society, as the church, we should go to the outliers. That's what Jesus said. He sat at the well and set up an opportunity to encounter an outlier in a city. Well, look and at the, the story of the lost sheep. That's right. And, and, and the shepherd leaving the whole flock 
to go and retrieve that one lost sheep, demonstrative that God, you know, as Scripture says, he's, he's counted the very hairs on our head. And with some of us, that job is getting easier. <laughs> but That's demonstrative right. of the level of which God, if there was only one person in the world that needed salvation, that needed to be reconciled unto him, Christ still would have given of his life because God so desires that none should perish, but that everyone should have eternal life. Pastor, take a moment as our time winds down and just share a bit about life at Shiloh Church. Folks perhaps new to the San Francisco Bay Area, looking for a new church home. They've been intrigued by not only the history, but what you've shared, the dynamic things that God is doing at and through Shiloh of Oakland. Tell us a bit more. Sure, Shiloh, we have, uh, actually on Sundays, we just changed things around because of COVID. We have an 8.30 Spanish service, and then we have a 10.30 English service. And then on Wednesdays, we have a 7 p.m. English service as well, a midweek service and a Sunday service. We do life groups. We have what we call Pathways, which is, um, um, in, it's a Bible college in camouflage because Bible college seems to scare people. But through our pathway during the height of COVID, we had 450, the most students ever enrolled at one time, 450 students on Zoom, like we're on Zoom right now. And it was just amazing. And so God has really opened up the opportunity. So we invite people. Maybe you don't feel comfortable leaving your home. We're online. We want to know you're there. We're going to help disciple you. Our oil of joy, our 55 and olders, they still meet online and on Zoom. They've grown. The our um, 55 and older Sunday school class has grown. They said they'll have sometimes 110 people in, in, in Sunday school. So we just, we've, we've kind of outgrown our rooms. And so um, that's Shiloh. We believe in family. We believe in connecting people. We believe in helping people serve. You know, we have an amazing mercy ministry. Uh, during pandemic, we gave out over 1.3 million pounds of food, over 30,000 prepared meals. Um, and actually, I was just told by my team last week, this year we'll end up giving out more than that. Um, Alameda County Food Bank called us the number one pantry in all of Alameda County Food Bank, which just blows my mind because I don't think we do such of a great job at it, but it's just the opportunities God has given us. And I'm proud of Sh the people of Shiloh. They've served, they've stepped up, they want to bless our community, and we want to see our city change for Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a church, um, we welcome you. All are welcome, believer or not. All are welcome. Whatever lifestyle, all are welcome. Our heart is to orient you to Jesus. And we know the minute you touch Jesus, he, you one touch is what Pastor David always said. One touch and your life will never be the same. And I'm a testimony of that. I'm a testimony of that. Well, Pastor Ramos, we appreciate so much you sharing not only a bit of a glimpse into the ministry of Shiloh Church, but as well your life and, and what God is doing there in Oakland. And I want to encourage listeners to get more information. Shiloh Fellowship, of course, located at 3295 School Street in the city of Oakland. Information available online at, online at shilohonline.com. That's shilohonline.com. Pastor Javier Ramos, again, it's been a delight to spend some time and fellowship with you today and hear about the exciting things that God is doing right there at Shiloh Fellowship. So thanks again for spending some time with us. Thank you, Craig. I've really enjoyed hanging out with you as well.